Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode number 92. Welcome to Positive Productivity Podcast, where we empower our audience to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success, especially in the face of adversity. Listen in as our guests reveal their stories of challenges and hurdles and how they overcame defeat and became triumphant in their endeavors. Let's get motivated and move forward with your host, Kim Sutton. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and today I'm thrilled to have author and digital marketer Angela J. Ford with us. Welcome, Angela. Thanks so much, Kim. I'm so excited to be on. Oh, I am so excited to have you here because you do so much. I mean, I'm just blown away by what you do. You write fantasy novels. You teach book launch strategies. You have an online flagship course, you build WordPress websites. What don't you do? Actually, (laughs) let me turn that back around. Can you just sum up, and you don't even need to be too short, sum up what you do and tell the audience how you got to where you are today? Yeah, well, in a quick sentence, what I really do is I help people spend more time doing work they love. And that really started when, like, right after I graduated from college, I had a really hard time finding an actual full-time job that actually would pay me the amount that I wanted to be paid starting out as an entry-level employee. And so I worked several different part-time jobs in different industries, nonprofits, sports, uh, just had in my hands in a lot of different things. I finally ended up having a full-time job in health and wellness, working with corporate companies and doing a lot with technology. And it was while I was there that I realized that I was actually really good with marketing and I love the whole like presentation and onboarding clients and doing a lot with marketing and helping them figure out solutions in order to reach more people and entice them and make their offerings more attractive and along with that went the development of their websites and working in the CMS was just the content management system really the the back end for those websites and the whole time I was doing that I was also keeping my own blog and I started out on wordpress.com it was a very lifestyle blog almost more uh, like a journal. And it was just anything that I wanted to talk about at the time I wrote and published and put out. And I started building a following that way. And then with my, my full-time job, I still really wanted another source of income because I'm a firm believer in multiple streams of revenue. And so I started freelancing and I got to work with different entrepreneurs and agencies and small businesses. And it really just turned into all these different things that I discovered that I was actually good at, like with the marketing and the strategy. And then also with the, with the freelancing, I did a lot with WordPress behind the scenes and I discovered how to build my own website. And then from there, I was like, oh, well, I can actually build websites for people as long as it doesn't require uh, too much customization. I know a little bit of the, the technical things like HTML and CSS, but I didn't really want to deep dive into the whole uh, developer and creating custom websites with code. I uh, that. that. I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was just too much. I was like, I, I can read some code because uh, I learned a little bit of it, but it really wasn't a world that I wanted to dive too deep into because you, there's just different things about that, that. Oh, yeah, that's just the stuff that you outsource to somebody else, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, while I was doing all of that, I was also writing my uh, first fantasy novel, which... 
I, I absolutely love books. I adore reading. I'm one of those people that has piles and piles of uh, paperback books all around the house. As a matter of fact, just the other day, one of my bookshelves actually broke. And so now they're just piles of books everywhere. <laughs> Such a sad fact. But I absolutely love books and I love reading. And I started writing a series when I was a, a teenager. And people just kept asking me, when are you going to rewrite them and actually release them? So I started working on that. And I actually released the first book in uh, fall of 2015. And it's called The Five Warriors. But I did a huge uh, book launch party for that. I did a lot with the marketing. And after it came out, I noticed I had all these authors flocking to me. And they were asking, okay, like, we saw that you did this with marketing. How did you do that? Uh, what else did you do? What tips do you have? And they just have all these questions. And so I compiled a blog post the answers to those questions, but it just wasn't enough. So after that, I decided to go ahead and start creating courses that would answer those questions that I kept getting from authors to help them out with that. So that that's kind of where I started from, just find, trying to find the, the time to spend more time doing work that I absolutely love and then help others do the, the same thing, whether that's, you know, writing and launching their book or getting their website up and running or kind of coaching them through like the blogging and driving traffic and those digital marketing strategies. Wow, that's so huge. And I apologize if I missed this, but what did you go to college for? I'm always curious about where people started. <laughs> this is going to be great. So I actually study entertainment. I have a degree in music business from Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. And so it's uh, officially it's a business degree, but I had a lot of entertainment classes. I mean, I remember even going to some classes and we just watch music videos or I had to go to recording studios and kind of, you know, track the, the workflow process and keep track of the different tools that the audio engineers were using. It, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun, but a big part of that was entertainment. That does sound like a lot of fun, but like the education that you received from that has probably been so helpful in what you're doing now. Oh, like, it's been Especially amazing. the project management side. Yes, because uh, it, there was the entertainment side and then there was the business side. So on one hand, I could go to one class and we just watch music videos and talk about artist management and who's coming out with this, this, that, and the other. And then I would turn around and walk into my finance class and just kind of sit there like, oh, last class was so much fun. But yeah, it really helped with understanding the balance between things that people see as entertainment and something that's really fun and how that can actually be a business model and what kind of revenue you can get from that. And then also monetizing it because the, the music industry is it's changing and uh, growing. And one of the things that they felt to do was keep track of the trends in the marketplace. And so that's something that I'm really big into kind of looking forward and looking at those trends to, to see. So in a way, my education taught me a lot about, okay, this is what's happening now. This is what people did well in the past. These are the mistakes they made. And here's what you kind of need to look out for in the future as you go through business development and creating revenue streams. Oh, absolutely. And I, I have to ask, because in retrospect, a lot of things look crystal clear to us, but everything happens for a reason. So I'm a little bit curious, actually a little bit more than a little bit curious, if you could go do it again, do you think you would pursue your college degree again or would you jump right into what you are doing now? 
That is such a difficult question to answer because I'm really torn about that. So on the one hand, my, my degree brought me to Nashville, Tennessee, where I currently live and I call it my home base. So it brought me here and it helped me develop all the relationships and the friendships that I have now and kind of set me off on the right foot. But on the other hand, I don't know that I necessarily needed all of that to uh, get to where I am today. And so, but I don't think I would be where I am today if I had not had that background. So that's a really difficult question to answer. I think it helped in some ways, but it also may have been a hindrance in some ways uh, because I've always been new in marketing. When I was a teenager, I actually had a band with uh, my four sisters or five of us. So we had a, a rock band and we would just tour around and we actually made income off of that. Like one of the, the big things that we did uh, was that we recorded an album, and once the album was finished recording and we paid the audio engineer who had done all the work for us, we realized that we were completely out of money and that we couldn't even, like, produce the album and put it out, duplicate it, nothing, because we were out of funds. And we were sitting there, and we were like, well, we could work at our jobs and do that for a month and, you know, come up with the money in another couple of months and then release the album and we were thinking about it and then we were like, oh, we actually could go ahead and release the album, pre-sell it, ask everyone to pre-order it. And we were thinking about it. We were like, we have to get at least 100 people to order this album before it comes out so that we'll actually have the money to pay for it. And then we offered them something as a bonus. And so this was something that I did more than 10 years ago, probably like 15 years ago, that was something that that I was doing. And that's just a launch strategy. Like everyone does this now. You pre-sell your product and then you get a certain number of people to buy it. Once you hit that number, then you go ahead and release it and put it out. And you also offer bonuses, you know, for the people that buy it ahead of time. So that was one thing. And I, I think back on that, I'm like, yeah, I was already doing that even before I went to college and learned all these things. But I think, it, it definitely helped in a way. It just gave me more confidence to keep doing it and keep moving forward. Yeah, I, I didn't want to ask you, and I, I'll never ask you or any guests how old you are, but I was thinking about how when I went to college, Facebook wasn't out yet. Hey, people, you can still put me in a certain decade or <laughs> a couple before then. So just be kind in how old I am. But anyway, so you said 15 years ago. So this is like before the, the time of iTunes. So it's not like you could just put a track up and sell it for $1.99. I mean, really, we were limited by CDs. And I think Napster may have been out then, but I'm my memory might be off there. But definitely there were a whole bunch of challenges. So that is quite innovative thinking. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought about that, but also I am not musically inclined. The audience will never have to hear me sing. So <laughs> yeah, that is my gift to you. If you get nothing else out of this podcast, my gift to you is that I will never sing to you. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that to guests. Um, well, I, I respectfully decline. I'm done with those uh, band days. That, that's yeah. far behind me now. So, <laughs> Oh, hey, I told you I wouldn't put you on the spot, and that's exactly what I meant. So. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> so what are the, some of the struggles that you see aspiring authors and, in general, entrepreneurs having when they are trying to launch? And what would be your like foundational uh, advice for how they can really get started in the positive 
productivity mindset? So one of the big things that I found that is hard, and I've heard it from a lot of entrepreneurs, is it's really hard to launch something when you're doing it alone and you're really the only one. And you really have to rely on yourself to get things done and have that accountability and meet those deadlines. And so what has really helped myself is working with accountability partners and other entrepreneurs in my local area. So whether that's just choosing a day where we meet up and we just work together for three or four hours and we just encourage each other and we meet up and go, okay, what are you working on today? What are your goals for the week? What do you want to accomplish? And then spending that time getting that done and then checking in with each other and making that happen. So that accountability piece has been huge. And then it's also great to either work with a a coach or another entrepreneur that's at a stage ahead of you where they can kind of give you suggestions, coach you, uh, brainstorm, really help streamline your processes and make it easier and better and just kind of help you avoid the pitfalls that they they fell into when they first started out. So I did work with a coach very closely for uh, about nine months just to really help with that. And that helped a lot because then I knew what I needed to do in order to make things happen. And then I not only had the accountability, like meeting up locally with entrepreneurs, but I also had someone that I could look up to as a mentor uh, and then, you know, get get their feedback on the different ideals that I had and, you know, whether now's the right time or do I need to grow my platform a little bit more before I release these ideals and get them out there. So that those two things are definitely something that I would recommend. And then also for productivity, like I don't work a normal 40 hour week, uh, but I, what I do try to do at the beginning of every single week. So whether that's Sunday, sometimes it happens on Monday, but towards the beginning of the week is just kind of write out my goals for the day and then go ahead and schedule out times in my calendar, like say from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. I'm going to sit down with my coffee and I'm going to uh, work on my blog posts for the week are from 2 to 3 p.m. or 2 to 4 p.m. I have this website that I'm working on. So I'm going to go and I'm going to work on that and I'm going to get it to a stage where it's finally ready for that that first review. Uh, so just whatever it is, whatever I need to get done, uh, just really making sure that I have a schedule for it. And it's not just like an ideal and it's not just a checklist, but it's actually written down with time blocks and time blocks are huge. They help so much. Uh, but that really helps with getting things done. So are you a pen and paper girl or are you using apps for your to-do list? I used to use apps, but there's just something about having a pen and paper in hand or even uh, a notebook or a calendar where you can just write down, okay, 8 a.m., here's what I'm doing, just writing it out. There's a different kind of connection that happens with the, the brain when you write it versus typing it. Uh, it might be because I can type really fast, but when I write, it's so much slower because I actually have to write things down. Uh, it just helps me stay in that moment and really think through, okay, this is what I'm doing and I'm writing it down and it's not just uh, a checklist. I do have checklists as well on my laptop that I follow, but just having it scheduled in and then having the checklist as a reminder really help with getting things done. Oh, I love that. And, and I'm the same way. I use pen and paper because I feel like I absorb it and mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by whiteboards. Oh, Actually, so smart. Yeah. Um, I use the chalkboard method. I, if listeners, if you didn't hear me refer to it in one of the previous episodes, I'll put a link. It's, um, biz babes has a chalkboard method that I use on one whiteboard that helps me track all my goals on a quarterly basis. But yeah, I've, 
I've got um, pens and paper, and that's how I'm doing my tracking as well. Angela, would you say that coaching was one of the best investments that you've made in your business? I wouldn't say it was one of the best investments, but I found it very beneficial, especially for where I was at at the time starting out. It, it was very helpful. I mean, I would definitely recommend it, but I wouldn't say it was necessarily the the best one. What would you say is the best? Well, I think what I, <laughs> well, one of the, the best investments that I think I made was um, more along the, the lines of my, my branding and design and then my, my voice. I think really finding my voice and finding that in writing and finding that in visuals was such a, a, such a huge investment because the coaching kind of helped me mold and decide what I did and what I actually did not want to do. And then the, the branding really helped me just make it cohesive and bring my, my voice out into the world. And I think that was so helpful, especially with giving uh, me a more professional look and feel because with, but personally with the coaching, I found it so beneficial, but it actually helped me figure out what I did not want to do with my business and kind of drove me towards what I'm actually doing now. I think that is so key. And I think a lot of people forget about that, that there's so many things that we really don't want to do in our business, but we're doing them because it's a way to bring in money mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. because we haven't thought to outsource those tasks to somebody else. And yes. That when you realize what you don't want to do and what you do want to do, it's, it's seriously like out of a cartoon where the sun just shines out from behind the cloud and it's like the aha. That's the closest I'll get to singing. Um, <laughs> yes, that light bulb goes off and you're like, wait a second. This is actually what I want to do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, when I re- when I had that aha, it was almost like instant joy coming into my everyday running my business because I love mm-hmm. what I do now. So what did, oh, I just got a, like a flood of questions that came into my brain. Um, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. What did pulling together your branding look like? Did you did you interview a, a whole bunch of brand strategists or did you develop it on your own? How did that process work for you? Yeah, actually, I it just kind of fell into my lap. Uh, one of the girls that I went to college with actually does branding and design. And we reconnected after I quit my full time job. And we were just like talking and, you know, just having coffee, just encouraging each other. And we would meet up and work together. And at one point, she looked at me and she was like, wait a second. She was like, you're writing a book. And I was like, yeah, I am. And she was like, well, wait, who's doing your book cover? And I was like, oh, I haven't gotten that far. And she was like, I, I would love to do it. I was like, okay. And she really didn't have a portfolio at that time. I had no idea what her work would look like. And I was like, well, you know, it's a test. If, if it's not good, I'll just, you know, move on to the next one. And I got that first proof of my, my book back from her. I absolutely loved it. Like I had almost no changes. I just looked at it and I was like, this is incredible. Like for someone to create a design that I love on the first round is amazing. And I mean, we did end up going back and like changing some things like the the font and some little tiny things. But after that, uh, I had her do my actual brand. And so she did my logo, the, the fonts, the, the colors. And we really had a couple of different conversations around that. So we talked about what, what my goals were at the time and then what, 
the kind of my short term, long time goals and then what I wanted my voice to be and what that look and feel is. And so the the key words that caught coming up the whole time we were discussing was something very classy and sophisticated that stands out. Um, that's that's also a ginger neutral uh, brand. So it's not super girly to drive away men, but it's also not something that's like super boring so that, you know, women won't be attracted to it as well. So just like thinking through that whole thing was quite a process. I did a brand brief as well so she could figure out what that looked like. And then she created two logos for me. And the the one that she loved, the one that she was like, this is exactly who you are. Everything we discussed, this is it. She handed it to me and I was like, oh, yeah, that is it. And that was that. It was amazing. And it was also a very simple, easy process to go through. Uh, even though I was allowed rounds of revisions, I just really didn't have any just because she was able to capture exactly what I wanted to do. Like once she understood it, it, she was able to capture that and like show me a visual that was everything that I wanted it to be. And that exceeded my expectations. That is so amazing because a lot of people don't have that experience, but it's what everybody wants. I mean, if yeah. if all you had to tweak was some fonts, I mean, that is a blessing. And fonts really can be a pain. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I am addicted. Yeah. Font squirrel, you eat up hours of mine every time I enter your site. Thank you. Oh, I believe it, which is so helpful to have someone else making those decisions, especially when it comes to, to my book covers and you know, what, what I should be using on the, the website is so helpful because I'll sit around with font pairings and play with them all day. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of book covers, I would love to hear your thought on how much or how little effort should go into a book cover because there is that saying people judge the book by the cover. So when, when somebody enters your program and they're writing their book, when do you recommend that they get started on their book cover and how do you recommend they do it? I recommend they do it almost as soon as possible. So maybe not when they're starting their first draft, but you know, once they, they have that concept and they know like the, the storyline for the book and what's it about and just the, all the key plots or the, the key notes, you know, in regards to whether it's fiction or nonfiction, just kind of what those internal struggles are. Then I recommend it getting it done pretty quickly because I love using the book cover to kind of promote and pre-sell the book as well. Uh, and I do think it's really important to look at genres and what genre your book is in and then look at the, the bestsellers in those genres and take a look at what you really like about it and what you really don't like about those book covers um, and also work with maybe like sit down with a professional, have a brainstorming meeting to discuss, because I found that whenever I sit down with a designer to talk about my vision and what I want to do, I always get so many more ideas. And I'm like, oh, I hadn't thought about things from that perspective. And yes, this would look really well in the market just because they are so focused on creating visuals that sell themselves. The really the the writing the book is the the hard part because, you know, once people get past the cover, then they're like, oh, this is really what it is. Um, but as long as the cover is absolutely gorgeous and enticing and makes people want to buy it regardless of what the book is about, uh, I think that that is such a priority and that helps a lot, especially with using social media, because I found that when people see my book cover, they want to buy the book, even though they don't necessarily know what the book is about. They just think it's really pretty and they're like, oh, that looks so good on my shelf. I want to take pictures with it. Send me the book. 
And <laughs> that's, that's great. incredible. But yeah, I think that can definitely make or break, uh, book sales. Just having that gorgeous color cover on there. That's awesome. So listeners, I don't think I've ever really told you that before a guest comes on the show, I do have some questions that I ask. And one of the questions that I ask is, what does positive productivity mean to you? And Angela answered, getting things done while expecting excellent outcomes. So Angela, I want to circle back around to you about this, because as we as entrepreneurs are going through launches, we often go in with really high expectations, our dream expectations. Yes. And it's really important to have that positive mindset and, and expect the best. Mm-hmm. But there are times when it doesn't happen. So what would you recommend for somebody going into a launch who really wants to just blow it out of the water, you know, have a $1 million launch um, as far as staying positive on keeping an eye on our goals, but staying realistic at the same time? Yeah. So I, I think it depends on whether it's your your first launch are, you know, your, your 15th launch, but most of the time, first launches are kind of uh, a learning process and like you can do it and you can launch big and you can make a splash, but sometimes it falls short of your goal because it is that very first time and you'll know so much more after the next time around. Um, with that, I would focus on the the positive things that come out of it. So the benefits, like maybe you didn't hit a million, but you hit 800,000. Like that's still awesome. That is still amazing. So just focusing on, you know, okay, well, I did not hit a hundred percent of my goal, but you know, I, I almost got there. I'm so, so very close. Um, and then also having the right team, the right cheerleaders around you to kind of encourage you to keep you going, to keep you motivated. Because one of the things with I like to think of whether it's a book launch that's coming out or a course or, you know, you're launching your business. The fact that you're making an impact on one single person, one single life is enormous. And I think that's so important, especially for when people are just starting out and they're like, okay, I'm starting a blog and I have one person on my list. I'm like, that's one person who wants to be on your list and they, they want to learn from you. You have something to say. It's kind of like you're, you're standing out in the middle of the street and one person walks up to you and they're like, Hey, like I need help with this. Like you'd be more than happy to help that one person or to give them directions or, you know, just kind of help them out with whatever they need, regardless of whether there's another 10,000 people standing behind them in line or it's that one person. So my thing is, as long as you have one like that, that is the starting point and you can absolutely reach your goals. Oh, I absolutely love every bit of what you just said. I mean, and I got to be totally honest. When I launched this podcast, I was thrilled when I saw the first download come in. Uh-huh. Yes. Just one. Yes. I was thrilled. I got a download and I let my husband know and I was just so excited. Uh-huh. I mean, and it was probably honestly just me, but <laughs> I was still thrilled. So, yeah, I mean, even if you launch a course and you sell none, you've launched a course. And mm-hmm. there's so many people who just sit there and they don't ever launch. They think about it, but yes. they don't do it. And they have those awesome book ideas or course ideas or business ideas in their head, but they keep on thinking, oh, maybe tomorrow. Well, you did it today. So mm-hmm. congratulations. Yes. 
Yes, yes. And in the book, uh, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, she talks a lot about ideals. And I love the way that she, she explains it. She kind of like talks about an ideal that comes like shooting over the hill and like comes to you and wants you to like run with it and create it and get it out into the world. And if you don't do it, that ideal will move on to someone else. So I always like to think about it. I'm like, well, if I have this great ideal for a course, then I better do it and get it out because Someone else is also going to get the same idea, and if I sit on it, they're going to produce it. But if I produce it, they're probably going to sit on it and be like, oh, you know what, the market's saturated, I'm just not even going to bother. But there, there's room for, for everyone. I mean, I always think about like how many people, how many billions of people are in the world. I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a market for everyone. It's just, it's just a matter of reaching the right people. I loved Big Magic and I love that section, especially. Didn't she sit on, on an idea and then Ann Pratchett, is that how you say her last name, ended up writing the book that she had in her head? Yes, yes, exactly. She said that she sat on it and then she realized that someone else wrote it and there was like her idea. And I'm like, yeah, because she didn't do anything. In detail, with- her idea, like the the whole story and that that blew my mind. I mean, in the book industry, it's it's a little bit harder to take somebody else's book and rewrite it in your own way. But I mean, you can read a romance novel, 50 different romance novels, and yes. you basically get the same story, just different names and, and timelines or whatever. <laughs> but the same goes for the online course industry or, or anything in business. People are already doing what you want to do. So don't be frustrated. I mean, you're yourself. Do it in your own transparent way. And somebody's going to love your style more than they do somebody else's. Oh, absolutely. Like there are so many, like I'm a natural. So there's so many authors that, that do a lot of what I do. Like there, there's Michael Hyatt. I mean, he, he writes books. I mean, he used to be the, the president and CEO of a huge publishing company. Uh, there's Jeff Goins who does a lot with, with writing and, and selling books and book launches. Like there are just so many people like right here that are like down the road for me that I'm like, huh, well, they do a lot with, uh, book marketing and helping writers, but you know, I do it in a different way. So there, there's still people that come with like, oh, the way you explain that, the way you talk about it, it's, it's amazing. And I really like it. And now I get it. And it's just because people need different perspectives and they need different people to, to learn from. Cause what, what someone else says might not necessarily resonate with them the same way that, that you say it. Oh, absolutely. And I totally agree. I mean, Michael Hyatt and Jeff, I, yeah, can I come down to Nashville and join you for a weekend and just go out and try to like hook up with those people? Hey, yeah. if you're listening, I want you on the show. So just contact me through my website. Um, <laughs> there we go. Um, hey, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to ask for what I want, right? And that, that should be the same in anything in your business. Don't ever be a- afraid or ashamed to ask for what you need and what you want to take that next step and to launch. Absolutely. And and it probably goes the same for, and I haven't written a book, but for a book launch, I mean, just asking people and getting the nerve together to ask somebody to read your book before you launch it. I can't even imagine how scary that can be. Oh, it's nerve wracking. Like I always, I'm the kind of person, I don't really like asking people for things, but with the book, I was like, well, I have to get reviews. I have to get reviews because that will help sell the book. Like if someone like pulls it up on Amazon, they see that it has five star reviews, then they, that encourages them to go ahead and purchase it. 
And so I remember I reached out to a professor at a local university in Nashville and he's, he's an English professor and he's, he's amazing. I, I just love his stuff. And so I was like, well, I know he's busy, even though it's the summer right now, he's, he's teaching college courses. He's prepping for his next round of students. I'm sure all he does is read, but I sent him my novel and I was like, Hey, here's my book. Here's a free copy. I'd love for you to read it and review it. And you know what he did? He did. And he wrote a review on Amazon. He sent me an email about it. It was fantastic. And I was like, you know, even the people that are super, super busy, you know, if you ask, then you just never know. The answer could be yes. Here you go. You have a 50% chance of getting yes. So why would you want to go to tomorrow and wonder what the answer would be, right? Mm -hmm. So you said, you know, your daily routine isn't necessarily set and you set out your tasks like at the beginning of the week. Do you have any type of daily rituals for keeping a positive mindset or for keeping productivity or anything in general? Do you have any type of daily rituals in your I life? I do. One, one of them this is kind of funny, but I love my coffee. So I always have a cup of coffee. One of the other things that I do that also helps is just plan to spend time doing it, doing like personal development. So whether that's listening to a, a podcast episode or reading a book, which I do a lot of reading. So a lot of times it is reading a book or reading a blog post. I tend to do that a lot, like just set aside time where I sit down with my coffee and I sit down with the book that I'm reading and just read a chapter every single day just to help maintain that, that positivity and that mindset. And then I also have uh, fellow entrepreneurs that they'll send me the way like, oh, did you watch this video? It was so inspiring. Or did you read this book or this article online or listen to this podcast? So that also helps as well. But just setting aside daily time where I know that I'm just going to focus on that and not look at my phone or be on Facebook or answering emails, that really helps maintain that that mindset. So how many books do you read at one time? Wow. Okay. I probably read around 10 books at one time just because I like to read. So I like to read my self-help books because it's more personal development that helps me with my personal growth and my business and life. But then I also absolutely love reading uh, fiction. So most of the books that I read are suspense, thriller, mystery novels. I love reading those. But um, and then things that come out on the bestsellers list, those are huge. And then I also read a lot of books from fellow indie authors. So yesterday, an author, he had a book come out and he asked me to to read it and review it. So it was actually so short that I, I sat down and I read it in like two hours. Um, but just setting aside time for, for things like that. So personal development, other fellow author books, and then just, you know, what whatever is out and on the bestsellers list that I think is really fascinating. Absolutely. I love that. And I, curious minds, including mine, want to know what is one or are a couple of the podcasts that you listen to? Uh, I listen to Suitcase Entrepreneur by Natalie Sisson. Uh, she, my gosh, I found out about her four or five years ago and just started following everything that, that she did. And that actually, fun story there, I reached out to her and I was like, Natalie, like I've been following you for a while and I really want to be a guest on your podcast. And <laughs> So she said yes, and she allowed me to be a guest. So that that was really cool. I also listened to the Fempreneur show with, wow, their names just escaped me. Oh, Mariah Cause and uh, Megan Means. 
So I listened to theirs. Their podcast is fairly new. It hasn't been out long. So that's one that I, I listen to a lot and I think it's fantastic. And then the others, I'll listen to different episodes uh, from them. I don't necessarily listen to them regularly, but there are different episodes that people are like, oh, this is an amazing episode. You need to listen to it. So I'll, I'll pull that up and listen to a few every now and then. I love that. And I haven't listened to either of those, so I'm going to have to definitely put them into the show notes for other listeners as well. And congratulations on getting on Suitcase Entrepreneur. I mean, that's Thank just you. another example of putting out your your ask. And then I, I can't even imagine how overjoyed you were when you heard the yes back. Oh, I, I was jumping thrilled. in my seat. <laughs> and she's in New Zealand. Like she sent an email. She was like, okay, well, what do you want to talk about? And, you know, like she has themes every single month. And it just so happened that uh, she was having uh, a whole month dedicated to, to self-publishing and book launches. And that ended up being fantastic. I was like, wow, I just happened to reach out to her before that, that month came up. But yeah, and she was in New Zealand. So we, we had kind of scheduled at an odd hour, but it, it worked out. It was amazing. Angela, do you believe in luck or fate? I do. I do, so to speak. Some people, some people are yes. Some people are no. I'm somewhere in between. I, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. So I, I, I'm just not sure that I believe it's luck. But yeah. Yeah. Listeners, you can you can leave your comments and tell me what you think and mm-hmm. tell, tell us what you think on, on the website. But wow. Well, I would love to hear more and I'm sure the listeners would love to hear more about where they can find out more about you and learn or sign up for your your course. So can you share all that good information with us? Yeah, absolutely. So my my main hub where I hang out online is my website. It is AngelaJ4.com, and you'll find links off to all my social media. Uh, Twitter actually is my favorite, and then I'm also on Instagram, but that really is just promoting my my fantasy novel. So if that's your thing, come across, and you can learn all about it and all about the fun, crazy adventures, uh, things that are unrealistic but quite entertaining. And then I also have the the book launch course and several other like free and paid resources for authors who are looking to publish their, go ahead and self-publish their books, get it out there and then launch with a splash. So actually make it, make it big, get a, a lot of attention online, get those book sales in, and then figure out what they need to do in order to keep marketing their book and to keep getting those consistent sales every single month. So the book launch course, you can also see that right on my homepage on AngelaJFord.com. I love that you love Twitter. <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> Yes, so am I. And it, it, most people, well, not most, but a lot of the guests are, they have their home base for social media on Facebook. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think you're actually one of the first who actually said Twitter. So thank you. I feel like I'm not alone in the Twitter sphere right now. Yes. Yay. Yes. I get a lot of people who are like, I absolutely hate Twitter. They're like, how did you grow such huge following? And I'm like, I've been on there since 2009. You can't really like sit there and be like, you have all these followers. How did you do that? Like it, it was a growing process. (laughs) Oh, it definitely is a process. And one that I would recommend that any listener does not get frustrated with because it does not happen overnight at all. And, but it can be so lucrative. So do not give up on Twitter. My little Twitter spiel for the episode. Well, thank you so much again for being here, Angela. It has been an absolute joy. Listeners, again, you can go to Angela's website at AngelaJFord.com. I got that right, right? Oh, you did. You're amazing. 
I, I try. <laughs> and it's really been an absolute pleasure. So thank you times a thousand. Thank you. I'm so honored. I absolutely love chatting with you. Oh, and me chatting with you as well. Thank you listeners for being here for another episode of Positive Productivity. Please, and I'm sure Angela would love this as much as I do, if if you gained anything off of this episode, if you know any aspiring authors who are looking to launch anytime in the near or far out future, share this episode and give them some tips and advice and a link to Angela's course. And also, I'd love your ratings and reviews over on iTunes or Stitcher. Until the next episode, make it a positively productive day. Hey there, this is Kim Sutton, host of the Positive Productivity Podcast, and I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and were inspired, I would love to hear your feedback. Please take a moment or two and visit the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or on my website at thekimsutton.com to leave your rating or review. I'd also like to invite you to join the Positive Productivity Book Club and to find out more about my coaching packages by visiting thekimsutton.com. Until the next episode, I hope you have a positive and productive day.